Did you miss our inaugural CBP Connects workshop in St. Louis? There is still time to grab your spot for our Norfolk, Virginia event this September 12th to 14th. Attendees in St. Louis described it as intimate, intentional, and enlightening. Join us this September in Virginia for three days of nonstop networking and education. Learn more at cbpconnects.com. That's cbpconnects.com. See you there. Hey there, today I am joined with Jim Monahan, and today we're going to talk about the Craft Beer Apprenticeship Program. But first, Jim, I have a question for you. Sure. What did you want to be when you grew up? When you were just a kid, you know, what did you want to be? Well, that's a good question, actually. Uh, I actually wanted to be a teacher, um, to be honest. Yes, I, um, I actually went to school, uh, took four years of college, actually five because I transferred. I lost some credits. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be a, a high school social studies teacher or math. That was my backup, but you know, but, uh, yeah, but it now, didn't work out that way. So you've done a lot. So did you go to school for education or what did you end up going to school for? I did. I went to school for secondary education. I, um, majored in, in, in history, minored in mathematics. Um, but I come from a family of law enforcement. So that was my backup plan. And um, that's that's actually what happened. And I saw just reading your bio that you've done a lot. You're, you're a retired sergeant from the NYPD. Yes. You've led million dollar companies, and yes. now you run the OBN Second Chance Initiative as a co-founder. What led you to where you are today? Well, to be totally clear, I made a, I made a huge mistake, which cost uh, four and a half years of my life in federal prison. And then three years of probation, which I just recently got off or earlier this year. Um, and during that time, it gave me, a, there was a lot of time for me to think. Um, I, I was fortunate that uh, I met like-minded people. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, to me, the way I look at it now, as opposed to then, is, um, you know, sometimes you have to take a step backwards to make, to take two steps forwards. And, and that's how I view my life right now. I view what I'm doing now is um, is awesome because I'm helping other people realize that they have an opportunity. Um, there are second chances that everyone makes mistakes and that, you know, if you put in the work ethic and the time and the focus that, you know, good things could happen. I think there's so much we can learn from mistakes and failures. But, you know, when something unfortunate happens to us, sometimes often our immediate reaction is to be upset or angry at the world. You know, when this happened to you, you know, what we use what were your emotions like and at what point did they transfer to wanting to put some sort of positivity into the situation? Absolutely. I'm not, again, right to the point that that's exactly, that's exactly what happened to me. Um, I felt, you know, my life was over. I felt there was, there was nothing in my future. You know, my world just collapsed. Um, but thankfully I had good family support. I had some good friends support. Um, and then just, you know, just meditation, just focusing on prayer. I, I am somewhat spiritual. So, those things kind of got me through. And I realized that, you know what, life isn't over. There are things that I can do to not only better myself, but to help others that have, that are, have a similar situation. And that led you to the second chance initiative. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I met my partners in, uh, in prison, um, and they were thinking something similar as, as I was. And we just got to talking conversation wise and, um, all of us come from somewhat of a business background and we just started putting pen to paper and, um, 
you know, long story short, we had like a like a think tank, let's just say. You know, there's two things you can do in prison. You can get in more trouble or you can take that time and better yourself. And we chose to do the latter. So we, you know, like I said, we had this think tank and we put a, a robust business plan together, which included uh, a small business incubator, uh, a 501c3 nonprofit, and, you know, a bunch of LLCs that are its main mission is about helping people that have been incarcerated and getting them a, an opportunity to not only be employed, but to get an education that will lead them to a, a career. Uh, Cause we view it differently. We don't, we, you know, the prison system, uh, when you leave, they say, get a job. They don't care what kind of job it is. They just say, get a job. So at, you know, OBN second chance initiative, we don't view it that way. What we look to do is get, a, get these individuals a career. That, that includes an education, on-the-job training, um, mentorship, and then that, that will lead that individual hopefully to, to a full-time employment opportunity in a career. And one thing I really like on your website is OBN's mission, and it says provide those with a criminal past the opportunity to become successful entrepreneurs in order to achieve financial independence so as to not to become another statistic, which is recidivism. Yeah. Can you talk to us for a minute? What is recidivism? Well, it's an alarming statistic. Uh, I believe the national average is around 64, 65%, which means that every person that goes to prison and leaves, uh, say out of 10, every 10 people that leave prison, six of them are going back. And that's a national average. So obviously some states are going to be a little higher, some states are going to be a little lower. Um, but here in New York and California, where we, we're at, uh, it, it's that's about the average in both states. Um, and let me just add this. Uh, to people that are just understanding what this is all about. To incarcerate someone in the state of California just for one year is around, uh, I, I, they don't put the annual budgets out, but I have the latest one from two, 2020, 2020, and it was around $85,000. Here in New York is probably around 65 to 70. So that's an alarming figure if, if you, you know, if you really think about it, that, you know, six people come, you know, out of 10 that leave prison, they're going right back at, at and, and the taxpayers paying that, you know, so it, it just, it just should make you think what is really going on. And, um, you know, there's a lack of education, there's a lack of programs. There are some good people, there's some good organizations that do great work inside of prison. It's just that it's not enough. Um, and, you know, the fact of that is, is the recidivism rate. These people are coming out, getting frustrated or don't have the opportunities. Um, and then, then they go, you know, have to go back. So your journey already is really fascinating. So when you were in prison, you met your co-founders, you had these ideas to make a difference. It almost sounds like a homebrewer story. You know, you're just chatting with your friends about, we're going to open a brewery someday. When you're having these conversations about how you all can make a difference and fight recidivism, at what point did you realize that this is something that you all could actually do and start it as a nonprofit organization and make a greater difference in the conversation you were just having right then and there? Well, I guess for us, um, you know, we're all positive people, my, myself and my two partners. Um, we've been through a lot. And to get to that point where you start putting pen to paper and, and, and you know, this think tank that I talked about before, um, you're not going to take no for an answer. You know you're going to run into some roadblocks. You're going to get a lot of no's, but you just got to forge through it. And um, so, you know, we knew that from the, from the get-go. Some people get frustrated. You know, maybe they put six months or a year in or maybe two years in, and they say, you know what, I just can't do it anymore. Um, we don't think that way. So for us, uh, we knew we were going to meet like-minded people once we got out that would help uh, contribute. And, and lo and behold, we, we do. We've met 
a lot of organizations, a lot of individual people, both on a nonprofit side and on the for-profit with the craft beer company, for example. So, uh, you know, we, we knew that was going to happen. And so that's, you know, that's how we decided that, that how we're going to start. So what is the help that the OBN Second Chance Initiative provides? And we'll get into the beer-related portion shortly, but, you know, what's the initial offerings that you provide to help fight recidivism? Well, I, uh, that's a good question because it's different in every state. We're finding it out here in New York. So, for example, um, if you're a felon in the state of California, um, it's very, it's much easier to enter our program. If you're a felon here in the state of New York, it's a little bit harder, and I'll explain why. Here in New York, the SLA, which is the State Liquor Authority, uh, puts restrictions on people that are, are felons or have been to prison. In essence, they don't want you working in an on-premise location. And then you have, if you want to get that job in an on-premise location, you have to do A, B, and C. The state of California, they're more progressive. You don't have to go through those hoops. But that's not stopping us from, from this program. I mean, we've reached out to several organizations that, that do have access maybe to the SLA. We've um, also have access to the SLA to help us get through these barriers. So these other organizations, for example, uh, that are in the criminal justice arena, they'll help us with funding. So for example, if we have an employer, say a brewery that, that needs a, a canning operator or a warehouse manager. So they'll go through our program, they'll get the education, they'll get the on-the-job training. Um, and then we'll have an organization to come in and provide additional funding uh, to the employer. So that employer is not paying 100% of the salary during the six to nine months of this program. They're coming in and helping out that employer because they know that, you know, this is an individual that, you know, has been incarcerated. So, you know, they'll help out in that manner. So there's a ton of fascinating industries out there that people could have the opportunity to go into after they get out of prison. But why craft beer? Why did that interest you and why did that become your focus? You know, I, I've gotten that a lot. And every time I approach an organization, they, they say, wow, I've never heard of this before. And that's it is. It's a very unique program. It, I, I believe we're the only craft beer apprenticeship program for this segment of the population. Um, but it, it's to that point. We've all experienced COVID, but this is the one industry that, that really – uh, every industry was affected, but when you really look at the numbers, they really wasn't as affected. You know, you could call it for whatever reason, alcohol related or what. I personally to agree or disagree on that one. Yeah, but it, it really was it, true. But in an overall macro level, it was, wasn't really affected. Uh, on a micro level, obviously, I think every industry at, at some aspect has been affected. But on a macro level, it, it, it really wasn't. So we looked at that seriously because we wanted to get into the craft beer industry. But again, we have the nonprofit and our, our sole mission of the nonprofit is to keep, is to create educational and vocational programs for these for-profit uh, uh, startups. So if we're starting a craft beer company, we have to take a look at and see what type of program we could design. And this is what we came up with. And one aspect of the Second Chance Initiative that, that I really love, and I love this because I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm always thinking of new ideas. I love talking to other startups. But the Second Chance Initiative, you had a small business incubator. Yes. Tell me about that. So the small business incubator is designed kind of like what the nonprofit does for educational vocational programs. The small business incubator is designed to help individuals like myself that have been to prison that maybe have an entrepreneurial mindset that have a business idea, but they just don't know how to go, you know, get it started. Maybe they think that F on that chest, that phone is going to restrict them from doing certain things. So what this small business incubator is designed to do is help them guide them through the process, um, network, which 
in, you know, any business model is, is, is a huge piece of that puzzle. Um, and then just got them on the way in terms of hope, you know, maybe getting access to financing or legal aspects or accounting aspects. It's just basically considered a, like a, a one-stop shop, I guess you could say for that. But we started out with our own. So we have three organizations under that, that incubator. Um, but we started with the craft beer, uh, first, that was the first one out the gate. So tell me more about the businesses involved. So we have the craft beer, which is called Prison Break Brewery. It, obviously, it's a craft beer uh, company uh, owned and operated by uh, myself and my two other business partners. Then we have uh, Unit 2 Creations, which is focused on uh, books, book publishing, and film production. Um, so it helps people. One of the things that you will find in prison is people, um, like, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of time. So you find a lot of people read. People like to write. Um, so this this a company was designed to help those individuals um, reach that goal if that was something they were interested in doing. And then the other company is called Prison Break Records. Uh, my, my other business partner is the actual songwriter. Um, so we have a great connection in a production company in Nashville. So we have two artists under the label. Um, we've already put out two albums under that label. So again, going back to the nonprofit, it, it's designing uh, educational vocational programs for each one of those organizations. So as, as, a, as a small business comes out of the incubator, the nonprofit steps in, creates an educational vocational program, and then, you know, hopefully um, get to that successful point in that business. I feel like Prison Break Brewery may need a theme song. Do you all have a theme song? You know, we're working on it. The, the songwriter, my partner Jack, actually has a, a jingle. Yeah, we, we, he has a jingle, but we haven't really put it out yet. But, you know, he's one of those uh, creative thinkers. You know, it's got to be the best. So, Oh, I love it. I, I can't though. wait to hear it. Yeah. Once you put it out there. And, you know, one thing I also like about what you've done with Prison Break Brewery, you know, you make it really approachable. You're open, you're honest about your mission, and you give percent of your profits back to those who align with what you're all doing. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, the companies that you donate to and get involved, you know, through Prison Break Brewery. Yes. So um, obviously a percentage of every sales of Shanks, which is uh, our first craft beer. It's a Tell me about ale. it. What do you have in your hand right there? This is uh, it's called Shank Blondale. This is our first craft beer that uh, is in, uh, out of production. Like I said, we launched April 15th of this year here in New York City. So this is our first one. Um, so a percentage of the sales of Shanked go to not only OBN Second Chance Initiative, but we have a great relationship with um, Prison Fellowship. Uh, one of the other organizations that provides us not only job readiness, uh, education, re-entry services, but they also provide funding in California. They're called Second Chance Programs. Here in New York, um, we got CEO Works, uh, we got FedCap, uh, and then you know, as as we grow, there's going to be more organizations that we're going to be uh, looking to get. I know one of the mission statements that is on our website, for example, victims of crime, um, even families in law enforcement that that have been killed in the line of duty. Um, which is close to my heart personally, um, children uh, and, and women that have been victimized due to crime. So it's just things like that that we want to get more involved with um, because, again, it's it's one thing to talk the talk, but it's another thing to walk the, walk the talk. And, um, you know, we're doing it. And you're putting the work in it. I respect that. Now, to go back to the beer, it's called Shanked? Yeah, it's called Shank Breakout Blonde. I don't know if you can see me move back there, but that's, that's our matter, Shank Breakout Blonde. Uh, it's a it's a blonde ale, 4.9% alcohol uh, content, uh, very smooth, very crisp, 
great for this. Well, here in New York right now, we're going through a heat wave, so it's perfect for this kind of weather. But uh, it's all year round drink. But um, our consultant said, you know, start something mainstream. You know, an ale would be perfect, um, and that's what we did. None of my why partners and I are. What's that? Why the name Shank, Jim? So if you know, well, if you've been to our website, you'll notice that that uh, all of the we, we call it the lineup. And um, all of the names of our beers will be something that you would find in prison. Um, and these are some of the names you'll find that could be considered negative aspects of prison. Uh, we don't do that on purpose. We're not here to encourage that. We're here to do that for a reason. And we're trying to take a negative. The, the, the definition or reasoning behind it is trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive force. And that force is just to you know make people realize that there are people out there like myself, my partners, the two apprentices that we put through in California, the one that we're getting ready to put through here in New York, and many, 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 many others, you know, they can contribute to society. You know, it's not just because you went to prison, you know, many people have that that view. Wow, you're done, you know, it's you're broken, you can't be fixed, and things like that. So, you know, we do that for a reason because it's it's a real aspect of the prison life and shank unfortunately is, is is a negative tool that's used in prison but you know like i said we're doing it for a reason we're trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive no i like that so you know how does prison break stay prison themed and mission focused without glorifying <laughs> prison life it's it, us it's, it's the messaging the branding um and why the the nonprofit is so important to it um it's making people realize that you know we can contribute that you know there are uh, if given a second chance that many people not all but many people can turn their lives around and provide and be a, a constructive person in society and um you know and, and that that's that's our thinking you know now we talked a little bit about the high recidivism rates earlier you know, what are the challenges a returning citizen faces with a criminal background when they're re-entering the workforce? Very good question. Um, I don't know if many people realize this, but the last time I checked on that uh, statistic, I believe it was up to 40,000 legal barriers, meaning there are 40,000 laws on the books in all different states that prohibit someone like myself that's a felon to get a job. And I just talked about one in New York State. If you're a felon, technically, if you own a bar or a brewery, you can't hire me. Now, I have I have my violation and what I went to prison for it has nothing to do with alcohol. I was nonviolent. Um, but you're restricting me from, from getting an opportunity to work somewhere just because it's alcohol related. Uh, I just find that a little little weird you know and so there are many laws like that and so that's that's the problem you know it's it's you know, get some states that say like california like i said it doesn't matter if you're a felon you can work on an on-premise states like this in new york it's they they won't allow you and i'm, I'm sure there's other states but uh that's part of the issue that you know um we want to in, in our messaging in our branding we, we want to bring out to the open to the public is, is you know make them realize that you know there's a there's a, a segment of, of the population that can contribute. You know, it's just that they're restricted by law in in certain aspects. And the craft beer apprenticeship program is specifically training returning citizens to work in the craft beer industry. Correct. So right now we have um, we have about five job opportunities um, that are certified by the Department of Labor, but we can add them uh, add others 
So, for example, if, if an employer or a brewery or um, someone in, in, in the IT industry, in, in the craft beer area, let's just say, they, they want someone in, you know, hire someone from our program, but our, that job description isn't listed. Because we're a department registered apprenticeship program, we have to get it registered, but it's easy, easier to get it registered. It, it's only about a two week process to get that job description registered. Um, and then once it's registered, that individual get um, go through uh, what's, what's called a four week job readiness program. That's with another organization and basically get that individual ready. Once they graduate that four week, they come to us, we get them. What are some of the skills they gain in that job readiness program? And what's that experience like? Well, it's, uh, it's basically preparing that individual. So, uh, they, you know, some basic skills, uh, that they don't teach you while in prison because each individual that has gone to prison, uh, has various education levels. So what this organization does is they'll provide, you know, just the basics, whether it be in word or Excel PowerPoint, um, they'll, they'll teach you how an interview goes. They'll teach you how to speak, they'll, um, how to dress. Um, you know, they'll help uh, you understand the basics of a computer. Um, some of these organizations will provide that for you, that the actual computer, the laptop, let's just say, and, you know, teach you how to work that. Um, just believe it or not, the basic skills. I mean, my, my business partner, Greg, I'm 52. Uh, he's 65. And when he got out, you know, most of his life was in and out of prison. So, you know, someone that's of, of that age group, you know, the world has changed. So this organization, when they get you that job readiness program, for some things, you know, to us, it might seem simplistic or basic, but to these individuals, it's like, oh my God, what is this? So it's just preparing them for that. And then um, we have, when they come to our program, we get we provide the education and the on-the-job training. And I think that, that they're both equally important, but the on-the-job training is in an actual brewery with actual experienced mentors. So what's the criteria for someone to become a part of the apprenticeship program? Well, uh, right now it's uh, it's basic in in, uh, in terms of 21 years of old, age or older. Uh, we try not to uh, bring someone in that has any type of substance abuse or alcohol abuse, uh, just for the obvious reasons. Um, but that's that's basically it. We talk with the employer in terms of you know what they're looking for, um, and basically it's just someone that's motivated, someone that's focused. Someone that realizes the opportunity that they that they have in front of them, and is determined, you know, to to to, to want it. And in California, you partnered with San Diego State University. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so on the educational side, San Diego State University, they have an excellent craft beer curriculum. We put through two people through who are still employed as of, you know still today, um, and then. Um, one of the organizations, great organization called Second Chance Programs. They provide the job readiness program I just I just talked about. They also provide the funding. They provide up to fifty percent to to the employer through the nine month program. Um, and then uh, the Brewers Association. They have an excellent mentorship program. So after that individual graduates after the nine months, the Brewers Association provides an additional twelve weeks of mentorship, which is immensely huge. Um, and that individual gets to stay with, with those mentors, uh, keep in contact and things like that. And that, that's a tremendous value. I can't wait to follow the success stories from this. Yes. Yes. And I'm, we're looking forward to uh, getting our first apprentice here in New York. 
Um, we're in talks now with SUNY Schenectady, who has an equally excellent craft beer curriculum here in the state of New York um, that's consistent with San Diego State University. Uh, and then we have several organizations, two of which I mentioned before, FedCap and CEO Works, who are going to do the job rating this year in the state of New here in New York City um, and get that individual prepared and ready for them to come to us. Um, and then uh, Great South Bay Brewery is one of the breweries um, that will provide the on-the-job training. But we have a list of breweries that are interested. So I've got a couple of follow-ups for you on this. You know, first off, you know, how are you finding the breweries where – um, those in your program can serve their apprenticeship. Are they reaching out to you? Are you reaching out to breweries that you know have a mission that would align with yours? What What is that process like to find those that you're going to partner with? It's It's kind of like an old school salesman. You just got to go out and, and just network and, and just introduce yourself, introduce the program. And some of it's, you know, I, a couple of the breweries have heard of us, but most of them, you know, it's kind of like hearing it for the first time. Um, and then you have to explain what the actual program is and what it's all about and how they can benefit from it. Because there is some upsides for them, um, you know, if they decide to participate in this program. For like, for example, what are those upsides? Uh, they get a tax incentive if they hire an individual that is that an actual felon. Um, they're not paying 100% of the salary during the nine months of the program and only paying up to 50%. Uh, the individual that they're getting is is pretty much assured to be motivated uh, because they've been vetted um, and they went through several pro uh, a, a job readiness program uh, before that you know they're gonna you know come to work when you know they're supposed to be there and, and put in their 40 50 hours or whatever it is um, and then you know it's just uh, the education side of it you know and then knowing that the mentorship on your back end is coming in and so that individual you know more than likely realizes that the, of the opportunity which will help you know the employer you know that they, they're gonna have pretty much assure themselves that they're gonna have a very good empl employee that's educated motivated you know and, and, and wants to be there now you've already talked about California you've talked about New York what are the plans to grow this? Our goal is to, uh, to you know, try to get it in every state if possible. Um, you know, it's unfortunate there's a prison in, in every state, you know, um, even internationally. But um, obviously we got to we got to crawl before we walk and walk before we run. But, uh, you know, baby steps. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's our long term vision. Um, it's just like I mentioned before. It, we kind of knew it, but not to the degree of what we need to do in terms of um, getting a felon here in New York into the program. They have to get those. So it, it's basically three things. One is called a certificate uh, of relief of disabilities, or one is called a certificate of good behavior. And then lastly, if, if they're having trouble uh, getting those certificates for whatever reason, um, a letter from their parole or probation officer allowing them to work in an on-premise location um, and then we have to submit that to the SLA. So I'm sure there's other states that have similar laws. So it's just, you know, understanding that our team, you know, once they dive in and say, okay, we're going to go to Florida, let's just say as an example, what are their laws in terms of on-premise um, hirings of a felon? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of work to go in behind the scenes to make this work in each state you want to operate. Yeah, yeah. So looking at this, and it's not just the craft beer industry, but I'm, I'm really curious, how do you believe we can shift the perception on hiring felons? 
it's just organized and we're not the only one there's, there's many other organizations some of, of which i mentioned uh, that do great work um in this in this area so it's just it's just more of that and and just you know hopefully people being open-minded to just hearing us out and i have to say when i when i work on a craft beer side and i do a lot of tasting events because i mentioned we launched here in new york city so i do a lot of brand awareness and i mentioned both you know the beer obviously what it what it is what it's about what we're coming out next with and then obviously i mentioned the craft beer apprenticeship program and i have to be honest a lot of people ask questions it's, it's almost like 50 50. They, they'll ask me more questions or just about the same amount of questions about the apprenticeship program as they do with the beer and you know wow this is a great program wow you're doing good things so you know i i think it's just more of that it's just more of us getting out you know um in front of people you know podcast like yours for example which which is fantastic you know just people listening to what we what we're trying to do uh and and again it just comes down it's giving someone an opportunity that yeah they made a mistake but why you know why put that f on their chest for the rest of their life and bar them from getting a job opportunity it just doesn't really make any sense to us no i agree and it's all about just education and awareness and, and keeping things positive you know Question for you, you know, so you've had a lot of really neat experiences in your life. You've learned so much and you managed to stay positive. What are your tips for someone else, whether they're a returning citizen or simply a brewery owner to stay positive when life gets tough? Do you have any like guiding lights that just keep you going or any advice that you would recommend to others? I, I guess just, you know, for me, I could just, I guess for how, I, you know, I was helped in terms of, you know, like I said, I did have support, but when, you know, you're in prison, you don't really have that person to talk to because you, you just can't, you, you're only, you only get so many minutes per, per month, let's just say, and then maybe you only have access to so many phones and there's hundreds of people there like that are doing the same thing possibly. Yeah. You have access to email somewhat. Um, that's, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> um, but, um, so you just got to find it within you, whatever your, whatever your go-to is for me, like I said, it was more reading, spiritual, uh, meditation, um, you know, a lot of quiet time and, and just understanding that sometimes a negative is meant for a reason. And it's, and again, this is just coming from me in my opinion, but it's meant for a reason because there's something greater that you can achieve and i truly believe that everyone has that it's just finding what that is to get you to that next level and for me like i said it was more of a meditation reading um praying at times um and you know that that would be my my advice you know everyone's different everyone has uh, their own philosophy on 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 certain things like that but um to me, there's, there's somewhat a similarity in terms of, you know, just taking a step back, which is relax, you know, think, you know, maybe sleep on it and, um, you know, get up and approach it head on maybe the, the, the next day. That's fantastic. And it also sounds like, you know, you had a lot of great like-minded individuals you were able to connect with when in prison. And I think that's very similar to the craft beer industry. There's so much talk on community and connecting with people in situations in the past few years, just the pandemic, knowing you're not alone, finding people you can learn from, connecting with others in similar situations. How important for your journey was meeting those individuals in prison who shared your beliefs? Oh, it's, it's um, well, especially in prison. I mean, if there's one thing there's a lot of, it's negativity, um, you know, and um, that, that, that's a whole bunch of it. 
And so, yeah, when you find someone that is like not into that aspect, it's, it's refreshing. And um, I was fortunate to meet one of my partners. I had Greg, so one is Jack, one is Greg. I, I, I was in prison with Jack. I was not in prison with Greg. Jack was in another institution before he came and uh, to where I was. I was in Kentucky. Uh, he was out in Colorado prior to coming to Kentucky. So I never met Greg until I got out. Greg got out first and then I met Greg. And, um, you know, but I heard a lot about Greg. We communicated through like email, things like that. Um, but Jack was kind of like the middle piece, you know? And um, so that that's, you know, to, to have individuals like that. And there were others, not many, but there were others in there that were in our think tank that added a lot, you know, but it was calming. It was, um, everything was positive and we encourage each other. And that was good, it was like a good support group. I think that's extremely important in so many situations in this life. And Jim, you know, looking back on your life, what are you most proud of? Well, I'm, I'm, a pr I'm proud to, you know, the family that I have. Uh, like I mentioned before, I'm very fortunate. Not many people do have that family support. Um, so I, I've had great family support, you know, um, and, and I, I thank God every day for that. Um, and, and you know that that's what I would say because it, it whatever that support level is, I think we all need that, and I think that's important. So, you know, business is business. You're gonna have your ups. You're gonna have your downs. Um, you know, I'm not really thankful for that. I'm thankful for the opportunity, but um, I, I'm more thankful that I had that support group. I had my family there, um, and and some friends. To be honest, I had, I had some good, true you know, best friends that, you know, kept in touch with me. Um, you know, don't worry, it's going to be, it's going to be all right. You know, when you get out, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I would say. And I'm sure they're extremely proud of what you've created today. Yes. Both family and friends, uh, very happy, uh, what we're involved with, what we're doing, very supportive again. Um, and he, all my partners, their families and friends, uh, you know, extremely, extremely happy in what we're doing. Uh, especially now on the beer side that we got it out finally because for us again this is going back to the other question of some of the barriers that that we face it took us a very very long time just to get the licensing that we have in the state of california and believe it or not um i'm a first-time offender the other partner greg who's on the license with me is a repeat offender but yeah i'm the one that's still on probation they gave me they being the um the alcohol beverage control uh, for state of California, uh, put me on probation, um, for whatever reason, but the, the time it took us to get approved was, was a very long time. We're talking years to get approved. So it, um, and they were, they were, you know, the background checks and, you know, the letters of recommendations and, and the type of investigations they were doing on both of us, uh, it was, you know, at, at times him and I had talked to each other. I was like, wow, is this, is this really worth it? You know, but we said, no, it is. Let's stick it through. If they deny us, they deny us. But um, lo and behold, they didn't. So. How many years from when you first incorporated Prison Break Brewery to when you first released that beer? How long was that? Uh, wow, it's uh, 2022. Uh, we're going on about f almost five years, four to five years. Yeah. I think every brewery owner can feel your pain there. The process takes a lot longer sometimes to get up and going. Yeah. I can't wait to try it someday. So where can people find this beer? 
So um, if you go to our website, uh, prisonbreakbrewery.com, um, actually, we just found out we, we're in 33 states, um, but we just found out. I just got an email this morning from our, our distribution company here in New York. They call Taproom. Um, they also do the online uh, servicing for us. Taproom is um, great. Yeah. Well, so you're familiar with Taproom. I'm familiar with Taproom. T-A-P-R-M. Yes. T-A-P-R-M.com. Exactly. Uh, but if you go to our website as well, um, it goes right to their website once you're in. Um, we're in 44 states as of, uh, I think, really next week, uh, Monday. So um, we have a meeting at the uh, on Friday just to confirm. And then, but right now we're in 33 states. So I don't know all 33 states, but um, if you go to our website, it's not going to take time to list 33 states either. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, well, I'm excited to try it, Jim. I'm going to definitely see if I can order it here in Virginia. But, you know, how can we support you? Well, we, we do need to support. So thank you for asking. Um, like I said, we've been self-funding all of this, which is no problem on, on the on the beer side. But on the nonprofit side, um, we are self-funding. We do have organizations, like I mentioned, that do provide uh, some the financial um, for the, the on-the-job training side. But on the educational side, we pay for that. So if you go to our website, which is www.obnsecondchanceinitiative.org, um, Again, it's obnsecondchanceinitiative.org. Uh, we do have a GoFundMe page where you know an individual can donate whatever amount it is. And if they don't want to donate for whatever reason, um, if they can just share us, we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. You know, just share what our message is. Maybe someone in their network might say, you know what, I can help out. Um, so we get it. It's a tough time for everyone, um, but yeah, that that would be the best way. Um, like, so like I said, we're getting ready to put our first apprentice through. Um, so any help, anything we can get would be uh, would be grateful. And Jim, for anyone looking to get a hold of you personally, what's the best way they can contact you? Um, I have two email addresses. One's on the previous side, so it'll be jim at prisonbreakbrewery.com. And then I have on the nonprofit side, it's uh, jim at obnfoundation.org. Well, Jim, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think it's needed. I think giving people a second chance is extremely important. So. I know I am personally invested in what you're doing and I'm super excited to see it grow nationwide. Thank you for sharing your story today. And I really hope we get to share a beer at some point in the near future. New York's not too far from Virginia. No, it's not. And Andrew, thank you so much for the opportunity and the questioning and allowing us just to get our messaging out. Um, it's people like you that, you know, help organizations like us, companies like us uh, in what we're trying to do, you know, further our endeavor in terms of helping others. So thank you so much for, for allowing us to at least, you know, come on with me to come on here and, and uh, get our message out. So thank this you. This has been great. Th thank you for sharing. And I really, really do want to have that beer because I think we would go a long time and have some fantastic conversations to piggyback on today. Yeah. It's a great taste in Blonde Ale. So whoever's listening, watching, whatever, Shank Breakout Blonde, get it now. It's a great, smooth, crisp Blonde Ale. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jim. See you soon. All Cheers. right. Thank you, Andrew. If you like this content, please subscribe, share with other craft beer professionals, and give us a five-star review. Cheers.